standing. Remain standing with me if you would. And uh, if you're not yet standing, if you would please join us as we prepare for the entrance of the word of the Lord into their house. To this house, it is our custom to stand for the reading of the word. We would stand for uh, the entrance of dignitaries into this house. And uh, the word is entering into this place today. So we stand in honor of the word of the Lord. I will be uh, as brief as possible this morning. I'm, I'm aware of what time it is. Um, if you're taking medicine, it's 1235. And I uh, don't want you to be late taking your medicine. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, smile a little bit. You look so much better when you smile. Amen. I want to invite you to the book of Genesis, chapter 25, this morning. <clears throat> Genesis, chapter 25, verse number 21 is where I would like to begin reading. <clears throat> it says, and Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord was entreated of him. And Rebekah, his wife, conceived, verse 24. And when her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. And the first came out red all over like an hairy garment. And they called his name Esau. And after that came his brother out, and his hand took hold on Esau's heel, and his name was called Jacob. And Isaac was threescore years old when she bare them. Chapter 32. Chapter 32, verse 22 says, And Jacob rose up that night, and took his two wives and his two women servants and his 11 sons and passed over the ford Jabbok. And he took them and sent them over the brook and sent over that he had. And Jacob was left alone. And there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And Jacob's, or the angel said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And Jacob said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. And the man said unto him, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. Man said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God. And with men and hast prevailed. For a few moments this morning, I want to preach about identity 
crisis. Identity crisis. Would you put your hands together one more time and give God a praise all over this house today. Come on. Somebody begin to stir your heart and prepare yourself for the word of the Lord in this sanctuary today. Amen. You, you may be seated this morning. We first need to understand this morning that the purpose behind names given today are generally a lot different than those of the Bible days. Today, names are given to us by our parents, usually because uh, they think the name is pretty or the name is cool or catchy. Or sometimes they name children after a family member, a father or a grandfather or uh, an uncle or somebody of that nature. And uh, sometimes that turns out good and sometimes it turns out not so good. <laughs> I, I've told this story before, but I want to uh, tell it again. For those of the listening audience who have not previously heard, but when my wife was born, they were, they had not yet determined a name for her. And so when she was born, for whatever reason, uh, somebody in the family who will be unnamed uh, said, I've got the name. Let's name her Petunia. And for whatever stranger reason, there seemed to be no opposition. <laughs> but thank God at some point her father entered the room and said, there's no way we're calling her Petunia. Now if your name is Petunia here this morning, you have such a beautiful name. Uh, how do you get out of that kind of trouble? And her father stepped in and said, no, we're not naming her that. Her name's going to be Barbara. And uh, so there's a story behind our names. Names have significance. My name is somewhat unique. Is this all right this morning? My, my name, my first name properly is Randell, R-A-N-D-E-L-L. I started going by Randy when I was young because everybody mispronounced my name and would call me Randall. While Randall is a good name, it's not my name. And uh, I didn't mind being called Randell, but they called me Randall. So I just started saying, call me Randy because you can't mess that up. But my name is actually a mix of two names. My grandfather's name was Landell, L-A-N-D-E-L-L, Landell Leon Williams. And they named my father Randall Leon Williams, R-A-N-D-E-L-L. 
E-L-L. So when I was born, they decided to mix Landell with Randall and come up with Randell. Grandpa was Landell Leon Williams. Daddy was Randall Leon Williams. And I became Randell Leon Williams. And although there was perhaps no intentionality in my name, which has its root in the name Randall, uh, but the name Randall means protected. And as I look back over my life, I have a testimony that God protected me. God kept me. God protected me. But in the Bible days, names were not given just because they sounded good. Names oftentimes were literally a description and identification of that person. The names often described their physical characteristics or their personality. And sometimes their name held meaning concerning the history of that child or even the destiny of that child. Oftentimes their name would be a prophetic utterance of what that child or who that child would become. Abraham's name means father of a multitude. It was a prophetic utterance of him becoming a father of many nations. Moses' name means drawn out. And we see Moses who is drawn out of his mother's womb and then he is drawn out of uh, the river and he is then drawn out uh, from his people and he is then drawn out of Egypt and he then draws God's people out of Egypt. His name means drawn out. Saul, uh, whose name means asked for, was the king that the people said Give us a king like the other nations. It was indicative uh, of his assignment and appointment uh, as king. Of course, Peter's name means uh, rock. It's where we get the, the root word Petra, rock. And, and of course, the prophetic utterance uh, of Jesus that upon this rock I will build my church. The rock of revelation uh, that Peter uh, stands up and professes. Uh, and then you have, for example, the Apostle Paul, his name, Paul. Uh, uh, the name Paul means little in stature. And most theologians, historians believe that to be the case. And so uh, this principle of names in the Bible uh, had a lot more to do with uh, uh, the identity of that child than what we associate names with today. Today, when we think of somebody's name, we don't typically think about the, uh, the, the meaning of that name and, and how it relates to the identity of that person. Today, people be making up all kind of names. What's your child's name? Hashana Boquana Mashisha. The third. Okay. What's your child's name? Hatalenia. What's your child's name? Rosendary Thorpe, the fifth. But in the Bible, names were extrapolated from a place of identity and meaning. Names are powerful. This is the case with our two 
text characters here in Genesis, the Bible says that the first of the twins came from the womb of Rebekah. And the Bible says he came out red all over like in hairy garment. And so they named him Esau. And the name Esau means hairy. How'd you like to have that name? If your name's Harry, I apologize. And then the Bible says that the second of the two boys came out and he had a hold of Esau's heel. And when mama saw that he had his hand on his brother's heel, as if to be in a struggle for predominance to be the firstborn uh, out of mama's womb. She looked at him uh, and she called him Jacob. And the, main, the name Jacob, of course, means uh, supplanter or deceiver. Mama took a snapshot uh, uh, in time of her child's action and she appropriated a name to him that, that began to frame in his identity. And, and so this becomes the power of names. This becomes the power of identity. Is uh, Identity frames you in uh, to who you are. Well, what is your identity? How do you identify something? There has to be a framework of absolutes uh, that, that, that you stand out different from somebody else. And, and there are characteristics about you that, that identify identify who you are and and so when you are identifying something or somebody you, you have to understand the framework uh, that brings the identity to that thing uh, I, I know that if it's uh, uh, if, if it's walking with a uh, a waddle and it's got webbed feet uh, and it's got a bill and and it goes quack uh, th these are parts of the framework that tell me uh, that is not a pigeon that is a duck and 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 so there's a framework that happens uh, but in in humanity uh, oftentimes the framework of identity uh, does not come from our, our, our intrinsic self uh, of how God created us, uh, but it comes uh, based on the identity that is put on us uh, by people. Oh, I'm going somewhere this morning. Just follow with me for a moment. Uh, such is the case uh, with our biblical text this morning. Uh, he, he is born into a family, uh, and, and mama sees him with his hand uh, on his brother's heel, uh, and so she names him uh, Jacob. And in her naming him Jacob, she begins to frame him in to a particular identity. His name meant deceiver or subplanter. And so every time that they called his name, they were framing him in to a particular identity. Hey, Jacob, come here for a minute. Hey, deceiver, come on over here for a moment. But somewhere along the line, they called him Jacob long enough for him to be convinced himself that he in fact was a deceiver.
receiver. See, you have to understand the power of identity and names because people and the enemy will do their best to frame you in to a particular identity that can become a prison in your life and you begin to grow up with a certain understanding of yourself that is a distortion of how God created you and it is simply a reflection of the environment and the people that you grew up. I wish I had a witness in the building this morning. You find a child that grows up with their parents always telling them you'll never do anything. You'll never be able to achieve that. They will self-fulfill the prophecy because they become framed in by a particular identity that is in their life. I'm going somewhere this morning. And so we see this, this principle of framing uh, and identity begin to play out in humanity. It's not just moms and dads. It can be the peer groups that you are exposed to uh, because there is, a, there is something inside of man that is given by God uh, that says, I have to know who I am. I need to know uh, who I uh, am. Uh, and so man is constantly in search uh, of his identity. Uh, that's why a young man yearns for the touch of a father. Uh, tell me who I am. Uh, tell me who I'm supposed to be. Uh, and when father's not in the house, uh, somebody else will tell the child uh, who they are. Somebody else uh, will begin to frame the life uh, of that child. Uh, uh, child, tell me. Tell me. I, and so... So we run around and, and, and we find people that, that, that we're looking for affirmation. We're looking, that, that's why people join gangs uh, because they're trying to find uh, an identity, a place of belonging. Where do I, what category am I in? Am I, am I this uh, or am I a that? Uh, am I this? Uh, I just want somebody to tell me who I am. Uh, and so uh, there, there are these groups in life and, and there's none of us that are separated because we, if you'll be honest, you carry multiple identity cards with you. I, I'm, I'm a husband. I'm a father, I'm a son, I'm a pastor, I'm a friend, I'm an outdoorsman. I mean, we can go down the list of all the, 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 ID, the identities that we, and so we go through life and we're, we're trying to figure out who am I, tell me who I am. And we, we, we have to be careful that we understand the power of framing and the power that we give people to frame our lives. Uh, this is one of the reasons why, uh, can I just preach this morning what I feel, that when people get, get caught up in a proclivity, you see, Jacob uh, didn't plan on being a deceiver. He didn't plan on, on being a thief. He didn't plan on doing those things, but, but he was exposed. He was called that long enough. Uh, Mom highlighted uh, his mistakes instead of correcting them. Mom highlighted the behavior, and instead of correcting it, she, she, she facilitated his behavior. Oh, my God. Instead of mama saying, no, son, uh, that's not who you are. Uh, uh, this is who you are. Instead, we find her helping him, uh, helping him come up with ways to be deceptive. And so, so, so you know, when, when, when children come to mom and dad and they're confused and say, I'm a little confused about this gender thing. I'm a little confused if, I, if I'm... If if I'm gay or am I lesbian or am I uh, instead of mom and daddy sitting down and saying baby uh, you were created in the image of God uh, and this is who God says uh, instead moms and dads are a 
afraid uh, to sit with their child and say, no, 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 no. I'm not going to let the enemy try to frame the identity of my child in a distorted manner. And so uh, society has told mom and dad, don't, don't say nothing. Just, uh, just love them the way they are. It has nothing to do with loving them. Uh, it has everything to do with being a steward uh, of the child that God has placed in your hands. And so mom and dad, uh, you ought to be going to a prayer meeting with your child. You ought to be staying over the, over the bedside of your children and laying your hand on their head uh, and declaring the word of the Lord uh, over their life. You are not uh, a homosexual. Uh, you are not a lesbian. Uh, you are not transgender. Uh, you are a child of the king. Uh, God knew you before he formed you uh, in my womb. Uh, God had your name before uh, you were ever a thought in the world. Uh, oh, come on, somebody. Uh, you've, got to, you've got to get a hold of God uh, and identify your children. You're not a thief, son. Uh, you're a prim. My God, have mercy. Uh, you're not a gangster, son. Uh, you're not a thug, son. Uh, you're a prince and a child of the pull your pants up, boy. Uh, God has called you to greatness. Uh, you got to tell your little girl, baby, uh, that mouth is going to destroy your destiny. Uh, you're a child of the king. If you don't help frame the identity, there's a devil that's working overtime uh, to convince your children uh, that there's something other than the... I wish I had a witness of some people in the building uh, that spent your life growing up uh, thinking you were a nothing, uh, thinking you were a nobody, uh, thinking you were inadequate, uh, feeling like you, hey, is there anybody that knows what I'm talking about? You grew up confused. Uh, you grew up discouraged. Uh, why? Because somebody uh, tried to frame uh, your identity. So, Jacob is framed, and so he starts plotting and planning. How do I get the birthright? How do I, how do I deceive my father? How do I? He comes, he thinks, this is who I am. This is just who I am. This is why. This is why, oh God, when somebody, I, I just feel the Holy Ghost pushing me in this direction this morning. This is why when people try to come out of the homosexual and lesbian lifestyle, all of their friends and people they ran with will fight like hell fights to hold on to them and let keep them from breaking out. Why? Because they don't want them to leave the framework. They don't want them to leave the same prison uh, that they're a part of. They don't want them to leave uh, the lifestyle. Come on, somebody. Uh, but I came with a word from heaven for somebody in the building. Uh, I came to preach about an identity uh, crisis uh, in the building. People inside that paradigm and frame will do everything to keep you from breaking outside of it. To convince you that you were born that way. Can I, can I just put something on you this morning? 
When, when, when somebody tells me they were born that way, I tell them, absolutely you were. You know, I got quiet in here. Let me tell you why. The Bible says we were all born in sin and shaping in iniquity. We were all born sinners. But let me go on to say that your sin is no different than my sin. I was born in sin just like you were. And if God can deliver the alcoholic, God can deliver the homosexual. And if God can deliver a thief, God can bring you out of lesbianism. And if God can deliver you from alcohol, God can bring you out of perversion. And if God can deliver you from depression, God can bring you out of a distorted identity. We were all born with the sin problem. I know, I know you don't want to admit it this morning. But if you were to be real this morning, there's some sins that you've struggled with your whole life. And thank God for the blood. You've been able to live victorious. If it wasn't for the blood, I'd be six feet under. If it, I wish I had a few witnesses in the building. If it wasn't for the blood, I'd be in a bar stool this morning. If it wasn't for the blood, I'd be out of my mind on the drugs this morning. If it wasn't for the blood, I'd be nothing but a liar this morning. Yeah, I just need a few real people in the building. If it wasn't for the blood, I'd be an adulterer this morning. If it wasn't for the blood, I'd be nothing more than a fornicator this morning. Thanks be to God. And so I came to preach to you this morning. I don't care what anybody tells you. I don't care what anybody tries to convince you. The same God that brought me out is the same God that wants to bring you out. You can be free. You can be delivered. You can come out. You can have the chains broken. You can be what God called. God didn't create you to be destroyed. God didn't create you to sin. God did not create. Framed into identity. This is what I'm going to be. This is who I am. This is how I was born. My daddy beat me. My family was divorced. So this is who I am. Framed. And the only way to come out is there's got to be a crisis. A crisis arises when the level of unanswered questions comes to a breaking point. Questions about who I am. And you get desperate enough to say, I'm going to get on my face until I figure out who I am. Jacob's identity as a deceiver had caused his life to fall apart. His identity as a deceiver had caused him to now be on the run for his life. 
crisis. Somewhere life will get bad enough. And you'll get unsettled enough to start questioning who they told you you were. Somewhere God will bring you to a place in life uh, where you start questioning. Uh, oh, they've been telling me this my whole life uh, that I was born this way. They've been telling me my whole life uh, that I could never do this. Uh, they've been telling me my whole life uh, uh, that I wasn't smart enough. Uh, they've been telling me my whole life uh, that I couldn't. Uh, 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 pretty soon there becomes uh, an identity crisis uh, where you begin to, why am I really that person? Uh, is that really uh, who I am? Uh, and life starts to move in a way. Can I preach to somebody that sometimes that crisis is coming from God himself. God will bring you to a place where the entire framework of your identity starts to become broken. Where the entire framework of your world begins to be questioned and begin to call. Why? Because God's challenging you. God said, I created you to be this. And I'm, I'm, I'm opening up your mind. I'm opening up your world. I'm opening up your life until you can figure out who it is that I created you to be. There's people in this building right now that are in identity crisis. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know you look like you look and talk how you talk and you go where you go, but you've been questioning what you've been doing all this time, what you've been doing all these years, how you've been. Come on, God's brought you to a place where you've been saying, I'm not sure about all this. It really doesn't make any sense. And if I was to be honest, I really don't like this. And I read, come on, somebody, you're in an identity crisis Jacob's running for his life relationships falling apart he's running what do I do where do I go and what begins to happen lays his head on a rock and all of a sudden vision starts to happen and what is it it's a ladder that goes from the earth to the heavens what is it it's God starting to connect him from the earthly into a heavenly vision all you've been able to see is the world you're living in now and in context of the world around you it makes sense but when I begin to open up the heavens your life no longer begins to make sense like it when I begin, God will begin to show you things. God will begin to open up. Why? There's a crisis that's beginning to happen. And all of a sudden, you'll start wondering. And you'll start dreaming. And you'll start thinking outside of the frame. You'll start thinking outside. Maybe, maybe I could be different. Maybe there is something more than this. Maybe I could actually do. Maybe I, That's God trying to reach for you. God starts dealing with Jacob. Crisis. Until finally, God says, all right, Jacob. Now, we're going to meet face to face. And he calls Jacob across the ford, Jabbok. Jabbok. The name Jabbok means a place of emptying out. God said, okay, Jacob, 
you're in an identity crisis. And we're going to empty you out. I'm, a, I'm arresting you, Jacob. And I'm going to search your pockets. Hands against the wall, Jacob. I'm going to pat you down until I empty out everything. What you've been hiding in your pockets? What you've been hiding in your heart? What you've been hiding in your mind? What you've been hiding? God said, I'm going to empty everything. We're going to put everything on the table. I'm going to make you face yourself, Jacob. I'm going to make you look at yourself. Hear me. When he brought him across the Fort Jabbok, the Bible said that he left his wife and his children and he came alone. If you're going to break out of that framework of identity, there are going to be times that you're going to have to walk away from every association that has held you in that framework. You're going to have to walk away from You can't change the framework until you become changed. Come on, somebody. You've got to leave the influence of those voices that have framed you in. You can't bring them with you. you got to come all by yourself. God said, I'm going to bring you to a place Come on, I'm preaching to somebody right now. That's why God's been bringing friction. That's why God's been setting things up for you to bring separation. Why? Because he's calling you across the Fort Jabbok and he's dealing with you in the middle of an identity crisis. And when he gets Jacob across, the Bible says he met a man there. Most preachers preach that it was an angel. But later on, Jacob said, I met God face to face. This wasn't just a man. This was a theophanistic expression of God himself. And all of a sudden, a wrestling match ensues. Back and forth. Is this the man that's been messing up my life? Is this why I've been going through the struggles? Is this why I've been dealing with the pressures I've been dealing with? Come on. And he's wrestling with him until finally there's a a sense of urgency that begins to happen. And the man says, let me go for the day breaketh. It is indicative that Jacob, I'm running out of time with you. Jacob, I've been trying to change you. And that's why I brought you to this place. Because Jacob, if I don't get a hold of you now, you're about to destroy your life for good. If I can't grab your attention now, you may hit the Jacob. Let me go. For the day I'm preaching to somebody in the building, you're running out of time. You're running out of time. And God's trying to wrestle with you. And he's trying to get your attention. And he's trying to shake you before you destroy every remnant of anything that has good in your life. There's an identity crisis. What am I doing here? What's happening with my life? Why are things falling apart? Why is this taking place? Why am I over here? Why do I feel what's happening? I'll tell you what's happening. You're in the middle of an identity crisis. 
finally, God looks at him. And here it is. What is thy name? He didn't ask because he didn't have the answer. In other words, Jacob, who are you? He wanted to check Jacob's understanding of his own identity. And Jacob's answer is so pitiful. I am who they said I am. I'm Jacob. He had been framed into believing he was something that God never intended for him to be. And I wonder how many people in this building, God's asking you right now, who are you? Who are you? Who have you been running with? What names have been put on you? What monikers of identity uh, have been placed uh, on you? God wants to know uh, what is your revelation uh, of your identity. Uh, Jacob was befuddled uh, and the only answer he could come up with uh, is I am who they say uh, that I am. But it was at this very moment uh, that God looks at him uh, and says, Thy name shall no longer be called Jacob. I'm changing your identity. And at that very moment, uh, the perfect uh, self of Jacob uh, was was transcended the heavens and it was superimposed over him and who Jacob thought he was was overshadowed with who God said that he was and his ideal self began to overshadow his actual self God said I'm no longer going to call you by that name you're no longer going to be Jacob but your name is Israel I came to preach to somebody in the building uh, that before you were ever born uh, God had your name uh, and he had your identity uh, and it's been the mission of the enemy uh, to keep you from ever knowing uh, who God said that you are uh, but I came to preach to you uh, that you're in the middle of an identity crisis uh, and God brought you to this place uh, so that God uh, could lay his hand on you uh, and tell you uh, who you are You're not a deceiver. You're a prince. But look at me, God. Who am I preaching to? Look at me, God. How are you going to call me a prince when my life is messed up? Because God sees you from your ideal self. And he sees you at the full potential of what he created you to be. And he doesn't call you as you are. He calls you who he's created you to be. And God doesn't see you in the middle of your story. God sees you at the end, full of potential. I didn't call, I didn't create you to be a deceiver. I created you to be Israel. What do you mean, God? 
Look at me. I came to preach to somebody. I came to preach to a man in this place who's been discouraged and you've been downtrodden and you've been depressed. I came to preach to you that you're in the middle of an identity crisis, but God is speaking to you in this house. You're a prince. Get your head up. You're a chosen vessel of God. I don't care what your circumstance looks like. I don't care what your history looks like. I don't care what you think your limitations are. You're not who they said you were. You're not Jacob. You're not a deceiver. I don't care if your mama told you that. I don't care if your best friend told you that. I don't care who said it. Your name is not Jacob. Gideon's hiding on the threshing floor uh, trying to hold on to a little bit of wheat uh, and God comes down uh, and an angel says uh, come on Gideon uh, thou mighty man uh, of valor while he's hiding and afraid what do you mean mighty man of power? The enemy's got you framed into an identity that's not even yours. But God said, I'm going to speak to you by the name that I called you. You're a mighty man of valor. And it wasn't but a few verses later we find Gideon out there on a battlefield with great victory in his hands. I came to preach to somebody in the building. You're not who they said you were. God's got an identity for your life. God's got victory for your life. God's got greatness for your life. Apostle Paul, whose name was Saul, who was wrapped up in a religious identity, thought he was doing the work of God. Killing people. All in the name of the Lord. But there was an identity crisis that happened. And when the crisis hit, it knocked him. That heavenly connection, just like, just like Jacob. A voice from heaven came. And it was so powerful that it knocks him from his beast and even caused blindness. Why? Because I've got to get your eyes off of everything in your framework that is dictating to you your identity. I've got to temporarily blind you from the frame that you're living in. You're not Saul. You're Paul. Jacob. It's not your name. I'm preaching to some people in this building. You've been living a long time under the lies of an identity that somebody else put on you. You've been living a long time under an identity that was created by the enemy to destroy you. But this morning, God sent a preacher to preach to you. You're not who you think you are. God's got an identity and a life for you that is so much greater than the one you thought you had to live with. 
God's got blessings for you uh, with your name on them uh, that you never thought were possible. Uh, and today, uh, God is wrestling with somebody in this house. Uh, today, God is struggling uh, with somebody in this building. Uh, and he's saying, you're no longer going to be called Jacob, uh, but you're going to be called Israel. When I change your identity, it'll change the way you think. When I change your identity, it'll change the decisions you make. When I change your identity, it's going to change your behavior. And when I change your behavior, it's going to change your future and your destiny. My God, I'm preaching to somebody right now that you're just an altar call away from stepping into a brand new future. You're just one prayer meeting with God away from a brand new paradigm opening to you. You're just one encounter away uh, from becoming everything uh, that God has called you uh, to be. He kept struggling with him, wrestling with him. Finally, the Bible says that God smites him in the thigh. Because for a long time, Jacob was struggling with God. Part of him wanted to break loose from his old life. But part of him didn't want to let go. And so he's struggling and he's wrestling with God. Until finally in that encounter, God smites him in the, on the thigh. And now, instead of wrestling with him, he's clinging to him. God will put you in a position where you quit fighting with him. And now you've got to hold on to him. I was struggling with God, but now I'm begging God, please, uh, please don't go. I was wrestling with God, but now uh, I'm saying, who am I preaching to right now? God, please don't go until you bless me. God, I can't leave this place the same way that I came. God, I, I can't bear the thought of leaving this place under the same identity that I came with. I'm preaching to somebody right now. It's time for you to quit fighting with God. And it's time for you to run to an altar and put your arms around him and say, God, I will not leave until you bless me. The identity crisis has to come to a place of desperation where you don't care who's around you and you don't care what's going on in your life. All you know is you can't keep living the same way you're living. All you know is that you've got to find the life that God created for you. All you know is that you can't be satisfied until you discover who God called you to be. Can we stand all over this house? Jacob, come on. Come over the Fort Jabbok, Jacob. I want to change your identity. Come on, Jacob, come over the Fort Jabbok. I want to change who you are. They've been lying to you, son, about your identity. The world has been trying to frame you in a false identity. Your friends have been trying to frame you. Come on, would you come this morning? 
There's some Jacobs all over this house. God's calling you. Come on. I got to break free from this identity. I got to break free from the dysfunction. I got to break free. Come on, don't you dare let the enemy talk you into sitting in your pew. Come on, church, here they come. Come on, church, here they come all over the house. Don't you dare let the enemy talk you into sitting in your pew while God is holding the door to your future open today. Come on, somebody. Lift those hands. Lift those hands. Lift those hands, God. Here I am. God, here I am. Come on, son. Come on, son. Come on, young lady. Come on, young lady. You've been living a lie that you've been told long enough. You've been living under that falsehood long enough. It's time for you. Come on, I need church. I need the church to help me pray right now. These altars are full. Come on, come on. Come on, yes, Jesus. Come on, somebody, right now. Right now. Right now. Thou shalt no longer be called Jacob. You shall no longer be called Jacob. Come on. Come on. You're not gay. That's a lie from the devil. You're not a lesbian. That's a lie from the devil. You're not a thief. That's a lie from the devil. Come on. You're not a liar. That's a lie from hell. You're a child of the king. You've got royalty in your blood. Come on. Lift your hands. Come on. Come on. I know you can't see it, but God's about to change your name. I know. There it is. Come on. Church, I need you to help me pray all over this house. I need you to help me pray all over this place. Come on, come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Pray. 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 Pray.